Hello and welcome to the podcast. This week's guest is Hugh Marshall, a veteran of the Welsh media industry who has been instrumental in some very exciting developments in the sector. Some of you may know that Hugh is a former head of digital at S. Pedrarec and recently launched New Media Wills, a crowdfunded campaign of sorts to build an independent Welsh media. Somewhere or another, this led to the development of the National Wales, uh, Wales's new national newspaper. The episode is not all about that, though. It's a broader investigation into the media landscape here, and I can't think of anyone more equipped and more exciting to talk to than who about these sorts of things. After all, you know, there's so much going on, there's so much being said about Welsh media over the years as well. You know, it's a common belief to generalise that Wales has a very poor media landscape. Nobody picks up a newspaper anymore, etc., etc., I wanted to probe some of these things, you know, what does the Welsh media do well and not so well, what is the wider landscape missing out on, and the role of the media in the first place. For me, I think Hugh articulates very well what he thinks certain media should be doing, and it's a lot of people will agree with him, some of you uh, that are journalists or reporters might take a different view, but 100% I think the passion, the innovation, the sort of vision there that Hugh exudes and what he's been working on over the last few years is really really refreshing and certainly a case for positivity and optimism uh, as we you know go to the polls on May the 6th and uh, whatever happens to Wales after that we need a strong media there and I think who certainly will be involved in many of those debates uh, in the future so it's a great listen uh who I'm Damser here is what next for Wales so Hugh Christside podcast uh, welcome to the podcast how are you very well, thank you. You just had um, your first or sec- first jab or second jab? Second jab. I literally had a phone call saying, can you get down to the surgery? I was there in five minutes and I'm now two jabs marshal. Yeah, and I thought you were going to put this podcast in the bin when I had your um, phone call. Not the first time it's happened to me, by the way. But um, it was, no, I was glad to, literally, you are, I think you are quite superhuman now because within about 15 minutes, you're back, <laughs> ready to go. So, um you know, obviously, we've spoken a lot over the last uh, few weeks for obvious reasons with everything that's happening with the National Wales, which is really exciting. Uh, we're not here completely to speak about the National Wales because what I wanted to do was get a perspective on one podcast, specifically on the Welsh media, because there's so much said about it. And I think we're quite quick, actually, to be very critical of Welsh of the Welsh media generally and certain media outlets. Um, and that comes from journalists, people on the outside. But you obviously have had a very interesting story in terms of being the former head of Digital S. Pedrec, uh, what you've done with New Media Wales. I suppose my first question to you, uh, for people to contextualise everything, is is kind of your sto- story in the Welsh media, if you could put it in sort of one or two minutes, isn't it? How did you fall into it? And, you know, your career to date, how you ended up where you are now? Yeah, so I was um, appointed with SWC uh, in 2012 as their head of digital. Um, previously before then, I was head of um, development with Sinopolis, uh, and I was in charge of the weather service there, uh, amongst other things. But it was interesting, the weather service was the first sort of 360 service uh, that SWC developed. So we had the TV on-screen bulletins, but it was the first time we actually started sharing content on social media and actually interacting with an audience um, around content. So I was with SLC for four years uh, and I put together a digital strategy, uh, implemented it, uh, and it worked, it was successful. Um, and you know, it led to 
you know, the, their content being viewed on, especially on Facebook, uh, on digital platforms. It was a massive growth from, you know, from zero up to, I think, like six, seven million uh, views a month of their, of their content. But uh, at the end, by the end of the time, we thought, well, I've done my strategy, I put it into place, and I'm one of those people who believes in churn, um, you know, because sometimes, it's, you know, even if you think you're good at what you're doing, it's always good to give somebody else another opportunity. So I left um, under my own volition to see if I could develop other projects outside of S4C because there were some things I wanted to do and it was difficult to do them whilst you know working for an organization like S4C. So one of the first things I did after leaving was one was promoting um, sort of marketing through the medium of Welsh language. So I've been involved with Raoul Gymraeg in Welsh Hour since 2012 and that you know helps promote businesses who use the Welsh language. Um, but also just to see the development of independent Welsh media because the problem in Wales that I found that I was part of the problem that you know you've got S4C you've got the BBC and you've got some independent radio stations you've got some independent news media um you know in Welsh and then you've got you know your traditional Welsh news media which is basically regional newspapers so even if you know the Western Mail you know uses the you know the, the tagline national you know, newspaper of Wales as somebody who comes from Wrexham originally and has lived in um, Carnarvon for quite quite a while, you know that, you know, the Daily Post is the paper that people read in the North and the Western Mail, you know, you know, you struggle to find anybody reading it above um, Aberystwyth. So, you know, the, the fact that there wasn't this national conversation, I suppose, and if there was a national conversation, it was coming from um, mainly from a, like a, a BBC perspective, you know, ITV were doing, you know, ITV news, uh, but they weren't doing much online um, so yeah, so that's you know that that was the thing that that I found. And at, over the, as sort of time went by, I think with devolution as well, just seeing people turning against devolution because they didn't understand what it was and what it did, and the fact that people were you know because it's still the case now you know eighty one percent I think of people in Wales get their news from UK sources, you know so they will read the Daily Mail that tells them that the pubs are opening on June the whatever in, in England and just sat complaining about, you know, Mark Drake for them. Why aren't the pubs here opening at the same time and stuff? So that, that was a thing that, you know, that really drove me uh, to do that. So, I, I you know, I, I set up a crowdfunder uh, to fund me to develop a, a business plan because I wanted to create something that could genuinely compete with the nationals that were, you know, incumbent in Wales, because I know, you know, that, that other people were doing digital platforms, but it was all very ad hoc. Um, you know, there was no business planning behind it. It was just publishing articles. And a lot of the time, just publishing articles from anybody who wanted to write something. So you would, you, you would get a lot of opinion pieces, but you had no idea what the person's, you know, viewpoint was behind that opinion. So that's why you started working um, on the pl on the plan to create a national uh, news service, which culminated in uh, the launch of the national, um, thanks to um, the support from NewsQuest. And that's it's an interesting story, and I think that crowdfunder is uh, for people that don't know New Media Wheels, which obviously you can still look at the website today. I think, and there's there's plenty on there. Just before we go into it, and perhaps look at 
um, you know, certain strategies that you think will work in the future. You know, we've been discussing it separately anyway, um, what we think is needed. But I, I just want to tackle some of the more historic issues then. You know, you talked about how, you know, maybe the Western Mail isn't read above Aberystwyth or whatever. Uh, lots of the Welsh population still get their news, their columns, uh, their opinions from London. You and your career in the media, have you seen that accelerate then? through devolution because this is obviously a global phenomenon to do with print and online and that sort of thing yeah it's gone two ways actually because i think because digital has sped up the news cycle um you know because i remember you know i'm i was born in uh 1969 so growing up in the 70s and the early 80s you know your news was on a bulletin you know on the hour on the radio or at specific times of day on you know nine o'clock on on BBC, ten o'clock on 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 ITV. So it was something you had to go to to get it. Well, now you know it's not just on TV that's a rolling sort of phenomenon, but you know on the phone in your hand, you know social media stuff. You've got access to that stuff twenty four seven. So when you're serving audiences, that's the thing is you know media, you know generally is a business. You know people are catering to to businesses. They're selling advertising. You know because it has to be monetized in in a certain way. So I think because devolution, and especially you know the last twelve months are shown with with uh, COVID, the differences around education uh, and health, particularly, what it means in England is they're focused. They haven't got the the time and the resources to put into that devolved news. So when you think about it, eighty three percent of the population of the UK uh, are in England. So basically, their service is going to cater for that majority. And you know, if they fall, you know, if they fail to mention or oh, educate, you know, this policy in England or you know, whatever, it's it, I don't think it's down to sort of laziness, or whatever. It's just that the pressures of getting this content out there all the time. And again, they've just got to think about who is their 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 main audience. But interestingly, up in Scotland, you know, where you have that historic um news services, you know, they, they've got six or seven, you know, sort of national newspapers. And then the English titles that publish in in Scotland, you know, they're they're Scottish versions of their parent titles. So, for example, the Sun in Scotland, uh, I think, supported the SNP at the last election. So, you know, it's it's a polar opposite politically of the Sun uh, in England, and that was one of the key things when I looked at it was the maturity of the situation in Scotland. But again, from a political aspect, that issue in Wales where we didn't have a single incumbent national news platform to to deliver things in Wales. And almost in Wales, we just sound like, so, oh, well, you know, we are England and Wales almost. And it, that's the danger. If people start getting into that mindset, then, you know, we, we will just merge into this blob. Yeah, and I think I think that is the, the point about the London media having Scottish editions, I think. And I, that's something I discussed separately just as a kind of, uh, a columnist and a commentator that you see so many Scottish commentators. I mean, I think of the likes of, you know, Alex Massey, who's always in London media, or, you know, he's a, he's a great writer and, you know, he's does the spectator, the times and whatever, but we don't really have the equivalent in Wales. And I wonder now you mentioned the 12 months, I think personally London media have got better because they've had to, because it's been so complicated. Uh, but I wonder 
do you think there's still room now, for example, we've got these discussions about the future of the UK, is there room or appetite, probably the latter is the, the more important, to have, you know, Welsh editions of the Times and the Sun? I mean, it's, it's way long in the distance, but is yeah. that something we need as well as a national news service? Unfortunately, it just comes down to commercial pressure. So I remember, I think, you know, the Times, I think they have a Welsh edition on Saturday where they've got like, some Welsh content in it. So I take it that that is just available, you know, that, that's available nationally, but it's got that, you know, it, but in Wales, it's got, you know, columns from a Welsh perspective. I remember the Mirror for some time did a uh, Welsh edition, but obviously, you know, they were part of Trinity Mirror. They had the Western Mail and the Daily Post as well. I don't know whether they found that the Welsh Mirror actually ate into their core product, the Daily Post and the Western Mail, um, which, you know, would dilute those businesses and chat, chat, because basically they were, they were, they were challenging their own businesses. So I think, but again, from a commercial point of view, is it worth their while? Because if people are happy to buy the version of the Daily Mail that they sell in England in Wales without, you know, any changes, then, then why bother changing it? So the only thing that's going to drive them to do that is people in Wales stopping buying those papers. So to a certain extent, I think that's why having the national and hopefully you know, we'll, we'll see more of these pop up because there is enough of an audience out there to support different platforms. And obviously media plurality is really, really um, important. Um, but, you know, maybe something like the national developing will get them to think, oh, we better be upping our game in Wales because there's potentially a new product out there that will steal our customers. So, you know, that, that's one of the, hopefully, the benefits of what we're doing is not just that we're, you know, delivering a service that's politically uh, unbiased and, you know, and opening a window, as it was on Wales, um, politically to start off with that nobody's done before, but then hopefully you get other people to raise their game. And I think digitally, you see other, you know, digital platforms that are, that are out there, you know, there are four or five or six now digital platforms, and they all seem to have, up their game um, after our launch. So it shows that, you know, having a genuine, you know, national platform um, can help those smaller players, um, you know, try and, try and compete and be part of that network. But, you know, conversely, one of the things with the national, one of the things we're, we're keen to do is partner with, you know, hyperlocals and we're looking at where are their gaps in the, you know, in the, in the Wales map from a journalistic point of view. So how do we, you know, as a business, as we grow, as we get more subscribers, can we get people to fund journalists in their community? Let me put this to you then, that at the minute, I think Wales is very divided. You know, you already talked about, uh, in, in a different context, obviously, anti-devolution sentiment. I think that's and the, the blob of England and Wales, which is really not impossible, by the way, I, I would remind some listeners, uh, which I think would be a terrible idea, just for the record. Uh, that isn't, you know, totally unrealistic. But let me put it to you then that those that support the kind of independent media that like, likes of yourself are pushing for are obviously pro-devolution. Uh, you know, some of them, probably the majority are pro-independence, I'm not sure. Uh, but they are very much firmly in, in that camp. And then there's another side which still will read the Mail, the Times, the Sun, whatever. Yeah. And I wonder what 
I, mean, it's, I think it's, it, it kind of captures there's a battle being played out in the media landscape is that you'll still have all those people buying the copies of the mail and not buying copies of the national whales. And I just wonder what you think that does in the sense that, you know, we're divided already perhaps in Wales in terms of who buys what paper uh, locally and regionally. Yeah. But, do you, but how do you, how do, can you appeal to that side of the side of the I, fence? What's interesting, what we've found is because again, you know, if you haven't, Bought the National um, is available every Saturday now, uh, widely across Wales, is the response we're getting is that people like the fact that we're doing something different, that we're, you know, that we're not telling people what to think, that we're helping people come to conclusions, make decisions, maybe change their mind over things, or maybe it's helping them, you know, cement their, their thinking around subjects. So we get, you know, I get a lot of messages from people saying, I haven't bought a paper for 15, 20 years, wherever I'm buying, and I'm now buying um, this. And I think that's one of the things is we've seen decline of print sales um, generally, but it's, is it because people, you know, are getting older and it's older people in newspapers, or is it because of the content? Is it because of the political leaning of the owners who, who push an editorial um, direction? So, you know, I'd imagine if you look at something like, you know, the two most or three most popular newspapers in Wales, um, Daily Mail, The Sun and The Metro. Obviously, Metro, so Metro's distribution numbers have gone down a lot because they were they're free on uh, transport and stuff. So that's where a lot of Metro's um, output was. But, you know, the Metro were doing, you know, Welsh sort of derivative of their of their product in, in Wales. But The Sun and The Mail, I'd imagine, you know, I'd imagine the Daily Mail readership is older and the reason the daily mail and the sun's readership um you know their numbers are going down year on year is because they're dying basically you know that it is that case of that generation who take the paper and you know and read it and get angry and you know and, and it helps you know drives their conversations for the day that that generation is in decline um and i that's why i think generally because my mind has changed uh, having spoken to um Hussein Bayoumi, the managing director of uh, NewsQuest in Wales, because I saw the National as a digital-only platform, and it was and it was his sort of vision for a print product that persuaded me to go in the opposite direction. And I'm so glad, you know, that he did, because that is the thing that is actually driving our digital subscriptions and our and our growth. And it's because of the response for the first two was so good that we were able to you know, bring forward the plans to go on a regular basis, on a weekly basis, forward by six months. Um, and, you know, and it's the fact that it's out there to be seen on newsstands, but also we're finding that younger people are picking it up and reading it because they actually enjoy what's inside it. Yeah, and obviously there's, there's actually a very, very good columnist in there as well, who, which you haven't mentioned yet. Who's, um, yeah, because, uh, you know, we, we looked for, um, you know, a political commentator and we went through the list and we when we were down in the 30s, we found Theo um, Davis Lewis. But, but <laughs> I think, no, but without blowing sort of Theo's trumpet ball in, I think it's interesting that, you know, that we've got a, you know, our senior political correspondent is somebody in their 20s. And that's a statement of what we're trying to do. You know, because it's you know, you look at most newspapers uh, and platforms out there. You know, they're they're you know, political correspondent or whatever. They're all going to be generally old white men. So you know, that's the thing, and I think in our direction, and we're looking, you know, from from our recruitment now of new journalists, 
So you know, we, we, we go, we've gone from zero to now, uh, we're going to be employing eight full-time journalists, you know, which again is great that we're creating jobs. NewsQuest lost, um, had to lose some positions during COVID. Um, unfortunately, most of those were in sales and in admin because the, the what do you call it, the advertising market collapsed. Um, and sport as well, because obviously there was no sport. So there was nothing for sports reporters. So, but luckily we've just, we've now re recruited a, a sports editor. So you know, that's something else we're adding into our um, mix now. So, but I think that's the thing, what we, what we looked at as well was audiences, because I don't know if, you know, because the, the old, you know, the, the, the old, um, scale of audiences you know abc's abc one two artists that was actually designed by the news industry to categorize who bought newspapers so what we find now is it's completely irrelevant what we're looking at is are people interested in ways are people interested in politics are they interested in sport are they interested in the environment so what, what we're trying to do is develop content based on people's interests so that means then that our audience you know, people say, well, who is your potential? Audience? Well, it's everybody. You know, we're, we're, we're politically neutral. You know, we support the current situation, the, the devolution settlement that's been, you know, voted for by the people of Wales um, twice now. So, you know, we, we support that thing. And we're having open conversations. You know, we're discussing, you know, what, what does the future of Wales look like? You know, do we need more powers? You know, because then we can see now that the, you know, the majority now in the, in the Senate realize that we do need to have more power powers and other things like policing over over um the legal legal system so there is that desire but there's also the need to get people to understand that well in order to scrutinize that through committees and stuff you need more people so you know a um senate members they don't just turn up there and vote on things but, you know if a piece of legislation is going through and developing something then you know there are committees made up of all the political parties who scrutinise that work. And that is, for me, the most important part of, of the Senate that nobody knows about it. So how do we make that information about the workings of the Senate, how having more um, representatives there improves the work of the Senate and actually allows them to deliver a better service, you know, if that's what people desire. On the flip side, you know, we need to develop, we need to have a conversation about what would Wales look like if we didn't have a Senate or an Assembly? Um, and, you know, and putting the, the cases forward based on facts, because at the moment you're just getting arguments from all sides just saying, this is the right answer, there is no wrong answer. And I think, you know, we need to make the case and you're never going to get a majority, you know, a 100% majority, but that's how a democracy works. If you can get, you know, 80% of people in Wales to support getting rid of the uh, Senate, well, that's it, because that's what the people, you know, demand. But, you know, conversely, if 80% of people in Wales want independence, then that has to be, that has to be respected. And we have to be aware of the, the journey Wales is on as well, you know, politically. And I think, again, you know, the pandemic um, has been absolutely horrific. Um, and despite, you know, we think that things have been not so bad in Wales, lots of people in Wales have lost their lives. And, you know, people would say that not all of those people needed to die because we were based in this system where, you know, we were basically taking orders from, from Westminster and they were behind the curve. Um, so, you know, we've shown by having independent thinking during the, the pandemic that we can actually improve outcomes. So, you know, our uh, vaccination uh, programme 
is now the best and the fastest in the UK. So part of that is down to the fact that Wales is devolved, the health system is devolved, and they can be agile and get these things done. Something to think about. So definitely something to think about. And I want us to take, take a step back, you on just on the wider media landscape again, because we're unique in Wales as well, just by being a bilingual, obviously multilingual nation, as any nation is these days, but you know, a fundamentally a bilingual nation of English and Welsh speakers mostly. What's your assessment of uh, Welsh language media in Wales at the minute? Well, I, th- I think the problem is at the moment it's all, so, you know, it's all funded by the taxpayer, or you know, in some shape or form. So, you know, we've got primarily in Wales, we've got Galaxy um, which is a digital news service that is supported by the Welsh government via the Books Council uh, through a grant of two hundred thousand uh, pounds per year. So, you know, that and that came from the original coalition government between um, Labour and Plaid, where people wanted the Daily Welsh newspaper. And I think it was interesting, because I think it was Alan Fred, who was the culture minister at the time, decided no to the paper. I think it was the D was the plan um, to be published and went with the digital service. And I think at the time, going with the paper would have been better than the digital service because the infrastructure wasn't there for people to access that stuff, because that was something I found even back in 2012, 2016, there were things I wanted to do on S4C digitally. It would have been pointless doing it because people didn't have access digitally to those platforms. So you, so that was a one. I think that was a mistake to a certain extent. I think having a newspaper then and and a digital service would have been better. So, you know, God's three quick thing, you know, it's a daily updated service um, that provides good news coverage uh, in the Welsh language. You've got BBC Come Review then, which came after Gollum Truth with um, which is the BBC's uh, Welsh language news service. And what's interesting is there is no equivalent of BBC Come Review in English on the BBC. So Come Review is more of a rolling news service that features news, but also sort of magazine and cultural uh, information. And it's a very it's a very good service. But what's we it makes you think then, well, why aren't they mirroring this in English? And one of the big issues I find as well with the Welsh language media is they cover stories, you know, about the Welsh language and in Welsh, but then it won't appear on the English equivalent of those platforms. So, that, you know, so Welsh language news then tends to stay in this Welsh language media bubble, so it doesn't get exposed to a wider audience. And again, you know, uh, blowing our own trumpet again, but that's something the national recognises that, you know, 60% of kids who go through Welsh media education from English-speaking households. Well, how do those parents get to learn about the Welsh language and what's going on in the Welsh language if that news content isn't being generated in, in English? And that's the thing is, and I think that creates, it creates a division, societal division between Welsh and English because, you know, you've got one piece of news here that people think, oh, only Welsh speakers are interested in this. I would say that anybody in Wales is interested in, in everything. The other divide is the North-South one. And again, Perversely, I think it is because of the Daily Post as the paper of the North, the Western Mills paper of the South. They've almost created this North-South divide. And that, for me, is a big issue. Uh, and when New Media Wales was developing, that was the question that was asked most by people who were looking to support us and look to develop the plan. Well, yes, yeah, just going to be one, another Cardiff-based, you know, sort of thing. And I said, well, as somebody from Wrexham, you know, who now lives in between Cardiff and Swansea, I can guarantee you that that will be the, the case. 
And it's great because we've got reporters as part of the um, NewsQuest, Net, NewsQuest Net, network across Wales. You know, we've got journalists in Brexit. You know, we've got journalists, you know, across the coast in North Wales. So, you know, we, we've got people all over Wales and we can recognise that the stories in Wales, because everybody's saying, oh, the North and South are different, whatever. You know, they're not that different. You know, there's a lot more that, that you know, that brings us together than actually separates us. Because what separates us is just the crap rail and roads, you know, in Wales that are great if you want to go from left to right and right to left, but not if you're going from top to bottom. Yeah, I think we haven't. I just, I still don't think we've changed since Gerard Gamero came up with his quote on how divided we were centuries ago. But I know I take your point, and I wonder. You mentioned the BBC and BBC Cymru View. Does devolving broadcasting do anything for Wales? Well. Yeah, I think obviously the reason is, and this is another funny one, because I'm going back, I don't know, over probably about 15 years when um, Alan Fred was the culture minister and he had a session with the, the industry um, in the BBC in, in Cardiff. And one of the I asked him the question is, well, so how high up on your wish list is the devolution of broadcasting and media? So, you know, this is going back. 15 years and he just turned out and said, I haven't got a wish list. And it just showed you then the, the lack of desire um, to do these things. Because when it comes down to it, they, they didn't want it then because it would be too much of a hot potato. How do you fund S4C from Welsh funds when all you're going to get is people saying, Why are you spending 120 million quid on a TV channel that's only for Welsh speakers? when you could build a hospital or whatever, you know, the old um, sort of arguments about that. But I think now, yeah, you know, I th- you know, for me, I'd like to see far more things devolve because again, it's very frustrating from a media perspective that, you know, the, the legislation comes from Westminster and it's, and it's not the case of, you know, they're bad at, legis- at, bad at monitoring anything. It's the pace of stuff, of, of change. And I think having, you know, a big, you know, having, having the Westminster model, it just slows everything, everything down. But I still think there are things that the Welsh Government could do without it being devolved. And I think there's too much, you know, in the past five years, the Welsh Government saying, oh, we can't do this uh, because it isn't devolved. It says, well, there's nothing stopping you, as you do with the Books Council, um, fund projects, you know, in in Wales. They could be funding digital content because my kids don't watch SLC, BBC, whatever. They watch YouTube. You know, they're not watching... TV content, they're watching what they want on demand on different platforms. But nobody in Wales is producing that content at a level of, you know, output that's going to make it viable, that my kids are going to see it. But they could be doing that. There's nothing to stop them from doing that. So I think there is an element of, oh, you know, we don't want to do it. And I I think, you know, the next five years is going to be um, vital to see how that change goes. And, you know, I know the Welsh Government are looking at fund to support Welsh media uh, and I think what they found surprising during Covid was one of the biggest requests Creative Wales had for support and you know desire for investment in was uh, independent Welsh media because you know we had you know in the Senedd you know Mark Drakeford saying that it was really vital that we have an independent uh, Welsh media and it is important and you know and I think you know we were lucky that we were able to develop something commercially i think for other uh, incomers 
into that market, it is hard to compete because the infrastructure you need to run a business of the type that we're doing requires massive back office support. You know, people wouldn't believe how much work goes into just ensuring that the copy of our newspaper is available in every co-op in Wales. So we know it's going to be in most co-ops this weekend, but from next Saturday, it will be in every co-op. And, you know, these are things we have to deal with. You know, we have meetings on a daily basis discussing things like distribution um, and stuff like that. So I, I think people, you know, maybe, and I was the same, I was naively thinking, oh, we'll just do this, set it up, and we'll just create a website, it'll be great. Um, and it was only when I spoke to Beria in the Basque country, so Beria are interesting. So they're the only Welsh, uh, Basque language news service in, in the Basque country. Um, so, you know, they they sort of similar size to NewsQuest. I think they've got about 180 staff. Their annual running costs are seven to eight million euros. But they do that through subscription, um, supporters, advertising. But they do get support from the Basque government because they see... You know, even even if they're uh, slagging off the Basque government, they realise the importance for a democracy of having uh, indigenous um, media. And why is it then that uh, I think you see a lot of commentary that you've pointed out before, comments that are made that some people don't welcome a state subsidised media? Well, some of them do if it's for them. <laughs> I think that that's the interesting thing is that, you know, everybody says, oh, we'd love some money. Um, but lots of people say, well, we should have the money, but they shouldn't have the money. You know, and that, that, that's disappointing, um, but it's natural. And I, and I think, unfortunately, I think that, you know, Reach and NewsQuest have suffered uh, because, you know, you get politicians thinking that they've ripped the guts out of newsrooms in, in Wales. Well, in defence of NewsQuest, I wouldn't be working with them if they were you know, any sort of dodgy company. And the fact that we're now employing people and we're adding to the headcount of people in Wales, and we'll continue to do that, um, is is testimony to that. Um, and, I, you know, and, and in fairness to them, because obviously NewsQuest is part of Gannett Media, you know, so it's one of the biggest news companies um, in the world. You know, they, you know, the National Wales is a sister paper of USA Today, which is a bit nuts to, uh, to think about. But it gives us that leverage in order to be able to develop something. Because the other thing is sustainability. You know, we've we've got the backing behind us to to run this. You know, for a for a sufficient period. So you know that we we get those um, subscriptions in. And you know, we're we're ahead of where we're expecting to be from a subscription point of view. Our sales for the first edition. You know, when you think about a new paper with minimal advertising. You know, most of it was done through social media. Uh, was fantastic. Now that we're weekly, um, you know, we had some problems in some test stores across Wales uh, last week, but, you know, we're going to be available in more and more stores. And hopefully by the end of May, you know, fingers crossed, the National will be available in every sort of news outlet across Wales. And that will make the difference then. So once people see that it's there and it's there on a weekly basis, that it's, you know, that it is news uh, discussing sort of lifestyle, culture, environment, business and sport, but sport from a different perspective. I think we've had good feedback because we've been giving lots of coverage um, to women's sport in Wales. And I think, again, that's important. We want to be telling the stories that other people aren't telling. 
I've got a couple of other questions before we finish. First, um, we've touched on implicitly simply because you, you know, obviously, you know, your, I think, I think it's fair to say, you know, your inspiration, you know, for going into this new media project, a lot of it's driven by the fact that you want to sort of, you know, you want to be pro Wales and you want to sort of shine a light on where Wales is on the, on the wider story. And that's a lot, a lot of that's to do with the politics. But I wonder what you think in particular over the last, I don't know, three, four weeks or however long it's been going on for now. I mean, I'm losing track of time in terms of election coverage, because there's been a lot of criticism of uh, Welsh outlets, including the BBC and others about their election coverage. You know, some saying, oh, well, you know, um, you know, the US election, US issues get more attention than uh, Wales and whatever. I just wonder, for me, you know, is, is that fair? Because I'm very reluctant to criticise journalists who are just doing their job. And there's obviously bigger editorial decisions at play. I mean, what do you what do you make of it? And it is different, you know, because I, you know, out of habit, I listen to Radio Four in the mornings, and you would know from listening to that that there was an election for the Welsh government in two weeks' time, in under two weeks' time. You know, you get your thing, and now we've got a special, you know, they'll do a ten minute piece, but it's not one of the things that should be on every bulletin. They should be talking about these are issues that are being discussed in Wales and Scotland um, at the moment. You know, we we can only do what we can do, and hopefully, and I think that that's the good thing is we've realised, and the or the public have realised that what we're that what we're doing and what we're delivering and what we're trying to develop as well, um, is is filling a gap. So hopefully, we'll see our sales grow, um, and we'll 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 see that uh, increase and get that you know support going. Um, but obviously, we're limited to what we can do with the number of staff we've got. So the you know the the faster we build that subscription base, the faster we can, um, you know, employ more more journalists and and build on what we're doing. Because you know, if you look at our digital output, you know, what we're looking at is um, quality, not quantity. Um, our our journalists aren't given targets for clicks and whatever. And you get people saying, "Oh, we've had X number of visits this month, whatever." Well, you know, if those visits are based on what somebody you know, an English conservative has said on Twitter, well, that what that's not news. That's just a statistic based around um, clickbait. And I think what we're trying to do is, right, we're talking about these issues, we're looking at them seriously, and we're trying to ex- explain them um, in a way that is understandable. But more importantly, we're trying to sort of start a national discussion around, you know, the future shape of Wales. You know, as far, as far you know, because... People know my political background. You know, I've you know I've been a Plaid Cymru candidate. I've been on Yes Cymru Central Committee. But it was vital for me that the national was politically neutral. So that's why I'm not involved editorially with uh, with the national. Um, and we're in the process of appointing an editorial board to ensure that their output does reflect Wales from you know from a demographic perspective, but to ensure that balance that you know they're not giving too much. Um, prominence to one political party uh, over another. Uh, and I think that is important. And that was one of the things that I ensured was in there because I don't want people pointing their finger saying, oh, you know, it's just because I didn't want to create a platform that was just a voice for me because that's the danger is I'm going to have a platform and it's just going to be full of my opinions. Well, that, that's not what I'm about. I What my thinking was, how do we create a platform that is truly national that can get these uh, bits out. So, you know, I, I do some writing for the paper, but my writing is all around Welsh language 
matters and stuff for Welsh learners as we develop that content. But as we what, get to a point to a point, you know, our Welsh correspondent, then I'll be able to step even further back and work on the um, on the development side of the, of the business then. I was going to ask you what your um, overarching philosophy was, but you've actually just answered it. The one question I did have to finish with you, Hugh, was, and we touched upon it again, but it's what do you think the, the biggest thing that Welsh media is missing now? I think I would have said a national newspaper probably six months ago, but I think they were on their way to sort of sorting that out. What's the one thing that we're missing? Or a couple of things. I mean, just 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 for us to think about, we're at this critical moment. What do we need to build Wales? Because the media is an integral part of our of our democracy. Um, news radio. I think that's the the key thing. A lot of people still get their news. They listen to the radio for the news. If you're in Wales, um, you've got Radio Wales, Radio Cymru. Most popular station in Wales is Radio Two. I would argue that Radio Wales and Radio Cymru are basically mostly Radio Two for a, in you know for a Welsh audience in English and for a Welsh audience in Welsh. So the three mo- you know, the two channels available, the most popular, are all very similar. We listen to Radio Four uh, because maybe the news in in Welsh and in English in the mornings isn't as deeply political enough for us, you know, because you know I understand they have to fill the airtime with some more maybe, I don't know, magazine type content. But you listen to Radio 4 and then you go on Twitter saying, oh, this is devolved. And I think, well, why have we only got two radio stations in Wales? One of the best, you know, because I listen in the car. Um, when I get in the car, my youngest daughter, Betsy, whatever I'm on, she always changes it to Bridge FM because, she, you know, she likes to listen to the news. <laughs> Their news coverage um, is excellent. You know, and they, they, they do cover Welsh topics and they do give attention to Welsh political news and it's an unsuspected source of that but again it's only on the hour and it's you know 45 seconds in in every hour and then at weekends obviously it reverts to a a UK um bulletin but and I think that's what I'm going to be doing now is with New Media Wales you know how do we move that on now now that New Media Wales has achieved the aim of creating a national news service is how the New Media Wales develops in partnership with the national to develop national sound and vision so we can have you know a scheduled almost like radio station of news and political uh discussions because i'd like to be on a on a on a sunday morning rather than you know list, having the choice of you know sunday supplements on bbc wales or uh flagland very fluid on on radio Cymru, of having you know two hours of discussion around you know, politics and news in Wales, you know, and just purely focus on that, but hearing from different voices. Because that's the other danger of Wales, is we just tend to have the same voice, because I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you're in demand as a political thing. You know, I I tend to be the go-to person on in, in Welsh media for electric cars and, and, and digital stuff. So again, you know, it's how do we expand that pool and get new voices in? But, you know, I listen to LBC during the day, you know, and okay, James O'Brien, I think, is an excellent broadcaster, uh, Eddie Mayer, um, and it's great. And I think, well, why haven't we got a Welsh equivalent to that? Because it's not that expensive to do either. So that's the, the, that's the next thing we'll be seeing from sort of Nationals um, development plans is how we build on that news platform. But then how do we then develop that national um you know, audio thing, but also doing stuff in video. So, for example, we've got the 
discussion coming up on on Thursday, our first national discussion, which is going to be a monthly event uh, where we're discussing primarily um, three themes from the uh, for the Senate elections for first time voters and, and young voters looking at education, uh, the economy and the environment. But again, we're doing that without any politicians. So we're trying to do things differently because I think people have, you know, fed up with hearing politicians shouting over each other. We need to hear what they've got to say, but then how do we take that apart and make and have it, you know, have that information shared in a sensible manner. So for me, you know, I want to see this time next year that we've got national um, talk radio, that we've got that sort of 24 hours a day um, talk radio that covers news items in the morning, you know, covers political news from Wales and in the evening does the same. Very, very exciting times here. I mean, we've crammed a lot in there. Uh, I would say um, hopefully we get a chance to speak soon, but I know we will <laughs> ahead of next Thursday. Uh, but it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to hear more, you can keep up to date and listen to the latest episodes across your usual audio platforms, including SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Episodes are published every Monday by me, Theo Davis-Lewis, and the best way to send me your thoughts and comments is via our Twitter feed, at WhatNextForWheels. Looking forward to hearing from you, and thanks again for listening. Diolch.